0: Hi everybody, it's Lindy here. How are you doing today? I hope you're having a great day. I certainly am. Uh, It's a super day here in the beautiful Comox Valley. I think we're going to have temperatures around 28 degrees today. So yeah, it's nice. Blue skies and sunshine is always a nice thing. Um, I had a great weekend and I just want to share a little tidbit about something I did on the weekend and I hope you're going to enjoy it as much as I did. Okay, so this past weekend we went out to go to a car show not something that I do very often, and uh, this was a really cool car show right here in the Comox Valley. Okay, now this was quite an event, and you know, like most things that I do, I often find that it sends me on a little trip down memory lane, but that's okay. First of all, I'm going to mention that there was over 500 cars at this event. Wow, that's huge. I've never been to a car show that big in my lifetime. This was by far the biggest car show I've ever attended. And it was so incredible. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. The sun was shining. It was hot. And it's just the atmosphere outside was so great. Everybody seemed so happy. So, you know, when we got close to the car show area, we noticed how busy it was outside. I mean, we we came along the road. It was single lane traffic. There was a lot of cars. So a lot of people knew there was a good thing happening. But it was really, really well organized. And it was so easy to get in there. It It was great. Okay, so uh, just a little bit about it, you know, when we got in there, the first thing that happened to us was we were, we could just hear this really neat music, okay, we come around the corner, this is taking place in a golf course, it's wide open, and it just seemed to me like there was rows and rows of these unique, classic, and vintage vehicles, and speakers were going with music playing and it's like 1950s 60s 70s music and the atmosphere just had you going and you just felt so upbeat and you were walking along and having a good time and I was thinking wow this is great music you kind of wanted to bebop shake those hips a little bit maybe shake that foot a little bit but I decided not to do it because I knew what would happen. I'd probably embarrass my partner if I did that. And chances are I'd probably put a hip out. <laughs> so thought it was a good idea not to do the bee-bopping as I was walking around. and Just kind of stay calm and enjoy what I was looking at. But, you know, have you ever gone into a bookstore and, you know, you get that smell in a bookstore. And it kind of smells like that smell you get when you're around vintage books. You know, it's kind of, it's just that vintage smell. Well, a car show can be the same. And if you stand close to some of the cars and their windows are open, you can smell that vintage smell that emits from the interior. It's kind of neat. And I'm not sure if it comes from the fabric or if it's, you know, the material that was used on the dash or the doors, uh, the trim. I'm not sure what it comes from. But you definitely get that smell around some of the older cars. And I don't mind it because it's all part of the experience. And it tells me that you've got original interiors still in those classic cars. It's kind of neat. So, you look around, and there's rows and rows of cars, and the owners typically sat on lawn chairs behind their cars, and they're giving you room to look at each vehicle, you know, but at the same time, they're there to answer many questions. And I was amazed at how knowledgeable they were about their cars, and the history of the manufacturers, and the models, Okay, so now I'm going to admit that I'm a little bit green when it comes to these cars. So in all likelihood, they could have told me a fictitious story. And I might not know the difference unless I researched it later. But I don't think they would do that. I mean, these people are really super proud of their investments. And they take pride in their knowledge. They really do. If you've never been to a car show, I highly recommend going. Now, it's not all about puffing out your chest and showing who has the biggest engine. No, it's not like that at all. There's a lot of history in these vehicles, and we can learn a lot about how things were done in previous generations. I was particularly fascinated by the 57 Chev cars because a friend of our families used to take us out in one of those cars back in the 70s. I remember that shift in the steering column and I was surprised that we ever fit four kids in the back seat. Well, we did it. and Back in those days, seatbelts weren't required, so I think that's how it worked. I'm not sure. I just remember we all crammed in the back of that car. Came across a big old Plymouth. And I remember back in the day, we would look at something like that and say, hey, look at that big boat. Well, my sister's first car up in the Yukon was a Plymouth. And is there such thing? I think it was a Fury. I think that's what the name was of it. Uh, I just remember she had a big old Plymouth. And I can't quite remember, you know, what it was. But looking at that big car reminded me of when she got her first driver's license. And she loaded up that big old boat or that big car, and she took the whole family out for a ride. I was so excited by it. Hey, okay, I was seven years younger than my older sister, and I was so in awe of the fact that we could go for a ride with somebody who wasn't really an adult. Well, I guess she really was somewhat of an adult, because after all, she did have a driver's license. And that car was an amazing car. It also provided a ride for my mom to get groceries. And that was such a plus for my mom because she didn't drive. And on those 40 below winter days, that big old boat that my sister bought helped make the task of my mom going for groceries a little bit easier. So yeah, fond memories of that big old Plymouth. Now, there were some really cool cars and I have a confession to make. Car people will probably crinkle their noses at this one, but I discovered that the Nash Rambler is the Nash Rambler, and it's not the MASH Rambler. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that song, beep, 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 horn went beep, beep, beep. Well, that's a song about the little Nash Rambler, and I loved that song when I was a kid. I don't know many times I sang that song as a kid about the MASH Rambler. Oh, good grief. It was on my K-Tel album called Goofy Greats, and I used to play that song all the time. I still have that album. And I stood there, jaw-dropped, looking at the sign, and I whispered into my partner's ear, I thought it was the mash rambler because of the song Beat Beat. Well... All I knew at that moment was he slid around to the other side of the car, perhaps thinking this was not the time or place for his partner to confess that she'd had the name all wrong. Ha, <laughs> you never know what I'm going to say, right? Ah, oh, goodness knows he loves me, thank goodness. But yeah, he kind of disappeared as I'm still going, Nash Rambler? Nash Rambler. Hmm, it's a Nash Rambler. Well, I think as I looked at all the cars, I thought about all the generations before us. Who designed these? I mean, look how much technology's changed. I looked at an old Datsun, and I remember my old Datsun B210 hatchback. Back in those days, people could work on their own cars. Imagine that. I think when I got my driver education training back in 1982, I was taught how to change a tire, and how to change the oil, and how to change the air filter on my car. It was mandatory for me to pass that course. But nowadays, with all these fancy cars and technology, it's less likely for people to take those maintenance items and look after them. Yeah, it's just not so easy anymore, so I do kind of miss those old days. Oh, and then I passed the Corvettes hmm lots of corvettes i think of that engine sound oom, 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 oom. i love that sound when i was 18 years old in the yukon i bought myself a 1973 stingray corvette and it had a 454 in it yeah i love that amazing sound and that was one hot car to drive i still hear that sound oom, 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 oom. Oh, just it was such a nice sound and if you drove in the Yukon back in the 1980s, roads had a few potholes and a little bit of bumps in them, a few frost heaves, that kind of thing. So I can tell you there was no pedal to the metal for me on that car, because chances are if you went over any kind of a bump or a frost heave, you were going to bottom out on it. You didn't want to do that on that car. It was a nice car. So, in all of my wisdom of that wonderful purchase at 18 years of age, it didn't occur to me that that might not be suitable transportation in the winter months. Oh, dear. Yeah, sadly so, my ownership on the Corvette was very short-lived, but it was a great experience to have in my memory book. Yeah, another thing at the car show, just sitting by those Corvettes, just took me down a little trip down that memory lane. It was pretty cool. Okay, so I noticed lots of vehicles and had like teddy bears in them. Teddy bears in the window, teddy bears on the grill, and there was a lot that had the A&W Root Bears decorations in the driver's seat. You either had mascots, and I know a lot of the little kids seemed to like it or you'd see people smiling at it. I also noticed that there was quite a few signs in the window asking people to not touch the car. Or don't lean on the car. There is one that kind of cracked me up. I think it said something to the effect of, unless you're naked, don't touch my car. (laughs) I don't think I'd want anybody naked touching my car. No, thank you. Anyway, I I was having a look at all these and I was thinking, gee, you know, I mean, it's sad that you have to put that on there. But I guess you probably do because you really don't want anybody touching something that you've worked so hard for. There was one car that we passed by there and I noticed a little kid sitting on the sideboards eating an ice cream cone. Yeah, he was sitting right down there by the driver's door having an ice cream cone sitting on the little sideboard. And I just remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I hope the, the people that that kid... You know who's sitting on that car. I hope they know whose kid that is because someone's not going to be too happy. I commented on to my partner. He said, I think it might be the owner's child. That's probably why no one's saying anything yet. Whew, I hope so because I'm not sure how somebody would take it otherwise if you were eating an ice cream cone on their car. It kind of brought me back to date. Here we go again. Another memory. When I was probably in my early 20s and I had a brand new Toyota car and I remember coming out of the gym that day this is back in the Yukon and somebody was sitting on the hood of my car and it was a nice little car it had those little pop-up headlights it was sporty and this person sitting on the hood of my car with a pizza box in their lap and they're eating pizza off the hood of my car I was so choked that day and I remember going over and going, like, get off my car. I'm sorry. This is not a park bench. Get away. And I was so choked that day. I couldn't believe they would do that. I, I mean, I just, yeah, I couldn't believe people would do that. So I definitely understand why people who put so much into these cars have to have those little signs on the window. But hopefully people were really respectful and didn't touch them. I stopped by a really cool white car when I was there. Now, this was an old car. I mean, really old. Okay, if you were born around this time frame, I'm sorry that I referred to this as really old. My sincere apologies, but it was a vintage car. And it looked like something that you might see from an old gangster movie, you know? And it had a picture of a vintage lady on the front fender, and uh, it was called the bombshell on the side of this car. I thought it was really neat. So I kept looking under the bottom of this car. It was really, really low. And I was trying to estimate the clearance from the bottom of the car to the ground. Um, It sat so low to the ground. I knew in that moment that that car probably wouldn't have survived in the northern climate that I grew up in. Yeah, not with all those bumps and frost heaves. I don't think so. You know, a lovely couple was sitting behind that car. And the gentleman hopped up and he started to tell me all about their car. These folks had travelled all the way from the mainland to bring their car to this show. Yeah, they'd come over on the ferry. And you know, it was neat talking to them. And then, of course, you know what happens to me the podcaster side of me comes out. And pretty soon I was able to start chatting with Dan, the owner of the car. And I'm going to share a little bit of my chat with him. He was super kind. And uh, yeah, he agreed to come on camera and talk a little bit about his car. Did my best to capture his voice only, but I wasn't planning for this. So I just pulled out my cell phone. But I hope you're able to hear this okay. Here we go. Okay, this is a really cool car. Now, I'm lucky enough to be sitting here with the owner of this really cool car. Hi, I'm Hi. Linda with Lindy's Audio okay. Company. You're Dan? Yep. Hi, Dan. What can you tell me about your car? It's a
1: 1935 Dodge Coupe. It was an early restoration done in the early 60s, so it's not actually original. They never made white ones. It does have a modern drivetrain. It's got a small block Chevy motor in it. It's got a 700 R4 Chevy transmission. So it's got modern running gear. It has disc brakes, et cetera. But it still maintains that old classic look. It's a great car to drive. It's probably one of the funnest cars ever, for sure. Where? And uh, everywhere you go, people want to know all about it.
0: I do now. Do you drive it all year round, or is that just uh, a no, car? It's
1: not much fun to drive in the rain.
0: No, I guess it would be they're, tough for are
1: terrible. terrible cars in the rain, but... Uh,
0: and the bottom, I was noticing. I'm just going to move the camera down. It's so low to the ground here, so I thought you have to be really careful where you're driving it. No potholes, right?
1: Bumps, potholes, or much, anything like that. So like uh, that. Ferry ramps, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I guess you keep it inside all I the do. time.
1: I have a big shop and, and keep all my cars in there.
0: How, how, like, how much gas can you get in there? How much would it take to fill that guy up?
1: Money wise, nowadays, yeah, hundred twenty bucks.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. So, now do you know how to fix everything you're selling? I do, yeah. That's neat. Getting parts for it is that hard This goes?
1: car, particularly, yes. Yeah. I... They don't repot, they don't reproduce any parts for these cars. So, so, if it didn't come from the factory in 1935, you can't get it.
0: Wow. So, how do you go about it? You just get online, search it out on the got internet.
1: Works of people around the world that I can find parts and yeah, I need them.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: The car club I'm in, we worldwide. So, we have lots of resources.
0: That's neat. And have you always been into this?
1: Oh, absolutely. Since yeah. I was probably around 10, 11 years old.
0: That is so and cool. I'm in my
1: 50s now, so I've been building cars for a long time.
0: Oh, you're a young fellow. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> At
1: one point, I actually had a hot rod shop, and I did it uh, not so much for a living, but sort of part-time. Yeah. Wow. Uh, no, I built lots of cars.
0: This is really neat. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. it. So, just once again, what year is your car? It's is- a
1: 1935 Dodge mm-hmm. Coupe.
0: 1935. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool.
1: Well, it feels solid. It doesn't roll down.
0: So I'm going to go and have a look here. So those are things I would never think to look at when you're looking at a car.
1: One of the questions people always ask me, is there a rumble seat in that car? Yeah. Have to explain to them why.
0: And, oh, that's pretty. So I guess back in those days, that's how you got extra people
1: in yeah. right? All the 30s cars, like you'll notice they have what people think is a sunroof on them. It's yeah. not. There's actually, if you take this off, there's a giant hole in the roof. Really? Because back in the day, they didn't have the technology to stamp the body as one piece. So these cars are all soldered together, welded together in sections. So the side's one section, the is one section. And then in order to fill it in, they put in these, these fabric filler pieces because there's literally a giant hole in the roof.
0: Wow. Yeah. Now that is something I also would not have known. Yeah. I'm glad you told me that. That's yeah. so cool. That's really neat. So And that was so great. It was really neat being able to chat with Dan. After that, we moved on and uh, we had a look at different cars. Now, there was one lady there who'd owned two cars at the show. And I really hoped to catch a recording of her also. But I remembered that this was a date with my partner. And he didn't sign up for a podcast tour. It was supposed to be spending time with me at the car show. So I took a little bit more time to enjoy what I was seeing and put that podcaster urge aside, put my phone away. But I mentioned earlier that visiting this show brought up so many memories for me. And it's amazing how, you know, old cars can remind you of different people. There was a beautiful Nova there. And my Yukon friends will likely remember that white Nova that so many of us were lucky to ride in back in high school. It belonged to our friend Ted in high school. And that car gave a lot of teenagers a ride 12 months of the year so yeah fond memories when i saw that nova and then off in the corner we saw a 1935 studebaker bus holy crap that bus was cool it looked like something from the movies okay so the entry door on it you know where you pull the door open it was on a bit of an angle like the bus is like this the side is like this and the door is sitting on an angle and they had the hood up so that you could see the engine And my first thought was, that is so cool. That would be so neat for camping. And guess what? What does my partner come up with right beside me? Just as I'm thinking that, he says, wow, that would make such a great camping vehicle. (laughs) Great minds think alike. And then you come across this bright green truck that's at the show. It's absolutely incredible. And this green truck it stands out for miles (laughs) it's a classic beauty and I happen to know the owner um, of this truck I see it pass by my house every now and then it's a really beautiful truck Uh, and he has really looked after this truck if you go inside it's got this white interior and the little green dice that are hanging up from the mirror but this truck is immaculate it's pretty neat Uh, And it gave me more insight when I was there as to why does he like going to these shows? I mean, I just, I felt that atmosphere. And again, I can't describe it. You just have everybody around you that's, you know, taking in all these vehicles. And you've got the great music playing in the background. And you just have this vibe that this is a lot of fun to be at. I think we spent oh close to three hours there and time went by so fast but it was hot like we were walking around in the heat and I was getting really exhausted by the end and I could feel my partner was probably on the same page with me now it was so tempting to wander over there was a hot dog stand and there's also a nearby restaurant. But, you know, we had dinner plans at a friend's house that night, and I didn't want to ruin our appetites. Uh, I thought it was probably best that we avoid the hot dogs. Imagine that coming for me. It's my favorite food, but I avoided the hot dog stand and saved my appetite for my friends. So, yeah, we refilled our water bottles, and then we carried on. And when we were leaving, I noticed a school bus at the entrance. Uh, Apparently a shuttle had been running, and it made sense. I mean, there were so many people coming and going from the show, but I couldn't resist, and I pulled out my phone for one last clip, and I caught a clip of the yellow school buses that went away, And I'm thinking, well, why did I do that? The poor driver's probably thinking, why is she recording me? What did I do? (laughs) Okay, you know, I mean, nowadays, like somebody's always recording you for something. Well, I was recording it because it was a positive memory. And it reminded me of that trusty mode of transportation that helped get me to high school when I grew up in the north, right here in Canada. Yeah, back in the day when it was 40 below, we could count on those yellow school buses to show up and get us to school right through the ice fog, through the snow, through the ice. That school bus was there. Those good old buses have been around for a lot of years, and it's so much fun to see them on the road. So I guess I'm going to just mention that if you ever get a chance to go to a car show, I highly recommend it. You don't have to be an auto expert. You don't have to be mechanically inclined in any way. All it really takes is appreciation for classic cars and a willingness to learn from those wonderful owners who have taken so much time and pride in preserving a part of our history. They truly have. We should be grateful to them. And I'd like to thank Dan again and his wife for taking the time to chat with me this past weekend. They were super good sports about it. Oh, and by the way, I just got to throw this in. Okay, sorry. Typical me, you know, my little creative side. So when I got home, the very next day I thought, I need to make some of those little window signs for some of those cars because not everybody had those window signs. So I fired up my computer and I created about a dozen different layouts for different window signs that you could have. And some of them were kind of serious. Some of them were kind of cheeky. And I just had thought to myself, you know, if I had spent that much time and money um, investing in a product like that to try to make sure that I preserved it and preserved the history, I'd want to make sure that people aren't touching it as well. I mean, people don't always realize that when they get close to the car, if they've got, you know, zippers or a buckle or even rings on your finger and you lean forward, don't realize that that can scratch the paint. And that is not an easy job to deal with. So I don't blame people for not wanting you to be near their vehicle's look, but don't touch. So yeah, I made a few more of those signs. And if you happen to be on my podcast website, I did throw a link to my other site on there. Okay, it's not part of my podcast, but I took advantage of my site and put a link on there. So if you go on to lindysaudiocafe.com and just click on the shop button, it'll take you over to my website. Click on the link for auto. And uh, you'll find those little cards under my heading auto. So you'll find all that under the shop button on lindysaudiocafe.com. Okay, sorry, this wasn't all about trying to sell you. I just wanted to let you know that I had done that. You know, maybe if somebody's listening to this um, from Canada who was in the car show, absolutely, you might want to order some of these cards from me. They're kind of handy and they're laminated. Okay, that's it. It is time for me to stop yakking away here. This is another impromptu podcast. Funny how this has been happening lately. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, And again, if you have a chance to get out and see some of these car shows, absolutely go and take the time to talk to those car owners because they are a wealth of knowledge and a lot of them come from some really unique, different backgrounds. We can learn a lot from each other and we can have a lot of fun. Have a great day, everybody. And uh, remember what I always say when I wrap up my podcast, remember that smiles come in all languages and in all colors. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. (laughs) Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please click like, share on your social media, and hit that subscribe button for future updates. Don't forget to join the Lindy's Audio Cafe podcast group on Facebook or visit www.lindysaudiocafe.com. Have a great week, everyone, and remember when you head out that smiles come in all languages and in all colors.